And welcome to the latest episode of Behind the DM Screen. It is, what month is this, January? January. January of 2013. We made it into the new year. We've survived the apocalypse. Uh, everything is, is okay. Uh, and behind the DM screen, if this is your first time listening, is three DMs sitting around chatting about their games and generally trying to help each other out. And uh, we do this about once, once a month. And uh, I think we discovered last time we've been now do now have been doing it for about a year. Yeah, more than a year now. Yeah, uh, yeah I think it was January twentieth or something like that was our first episode. Well, then that would make this one our one year episode. So there, we should get pay raises, Mike. Uh, yeah, double. I tell you what, I will triple everything. Oh I pay man, you. <laughs> no <Awesome>. way! <laughs> because you guys are that good. My cup overfloweth. Yeah. In, in fact, Randall, <laughs> because you've been our our uh, on the street reporter for uh, the news desk, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna quadruple your pay. Send me a damn wow. T-shirt. <laughs> that that five and a half bucks, and you've got a Starbucks coffee. That's right. <laughs> Well, tell you what, next time I order some t-shirts, maybe I'll get a couple of extras. There, yeah. that'd be okay. I'd, I'd, I'd accept that. That'd be fine. Yeah. All right. I work cheap. I work pretty damn cheap. Although I keep... I, I, I wear I, a ladies small. I, yeah. I keep, <laughs> I, I keep threatening to have uh, Dragon Chow bags made with all the logos of the various Tome Show production shows. Just oh, sort of covered cool. all over and then giving them away to friends at Gen Con. That would make that would talking to you guys for a year all worthwhile. Well, then maybe I'll consider it. But you have to make sure when you walk around and, and with your dice bag that you tell people what all those logos are. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. See, it's promotion. All right. We should, you know, quit schmoozing and, and get into this thing because uh, my wife wants ice cream tonight. And I, I just loathe the idea of denying her. I want ice cream. <laughs> well, you could, you could get ice cream too. I'll let you. Yay. You have my permission. All right. So, Mike, you're first. Yay. Uh, I don't I, – I have nothing. Sweet. Yeah. Randall, you're... <laughs> oh, no, I've got stuff. Hang on, let me start the timer. I'm not ready. I'm unprepared. I'm so unprepared. Start. Okay. Uh, so when we last left the World Trade Federation, my current gaming group, this is a D&D Next playtest taking place in the Isle of Dread. Uh, the they had just the, the, killed... The World Trade Federation? They Yes, they are known as the World Trade Federation, this particular... Uh-huh. Which is funny on several levels because one, it sounds like the Trade Federation from Star Wars, yes. And two, I think you're aware of the acronym. Yes, we they they started <laughs> with the acronym and worked out. Okay, from there, yes. So uh, the World Trade Federation had just killed a Lizard King and his uh, crazy, cracked up, dragon shard snorting lizard folk. Um, this is, this weird, is Isle of Dread, right? They this killed Jim Morrison. Yes, we had the Jim Morrison joke last time. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, they so they cleared it out, and if you recall, one of the members of the party was uh, working out a deal with his dragon, the dragon marked house, with one of the dragon marked houses that to, with whom he's a lot uh, oh, allied, yeah. and he gave them like cryptic information, like I think I might have found something, because what they found is this giant cave full of unrefined dragon shards. Um, and they, so he sent them this cryptic message. They started to try to hunt him down and figure out where he is so they could get a hold of this thing. Uh, in most recently, um, so they, they cleared out the cave. They started heading North. Uh, they continued to do hex mapping and exploring things and avoiding almost every random encounter. Um, and they went into the, um, I think they're called, uh, Araneas, A-R-A-N-E-A. The spider people. The spider people. 
they're spider shapeshifters. So they ran into a camp full of spider shapeshifters that had bugbear, kind of bugbear thralls. And uh, they fought them and killed them. And when they were resting that night, uh, you know, all throughout their travels, Pug Thistleknuckle, the halfling who's been trying to work the uh, deal out with the Dragonmarked house, has been getting messages, kind of more and more sinister and frantic messages from the Dragonmarked house saying, you better let us know where you are or you're going to lose control of this thing and probably will kill you. And, you know, but not saying that directly, but he finally realized like, I'm going to have to tell him something. So he came clean with the rest of the group and says, Hey guys, here's the deal. And the deal was, which was pretty good um, for them is that they would get, uh, I think 21% stake. Like he said that we want a 51% stake in the mine. And they're like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you don't, no one gets 51%. In fact, of the three triumvirate that run this dragon marked house, each of us only gets, um, you know, 26%. So you're getting 21%. Does that math work out or is it 22? I don't know. Um, math. But they, yeah, no, no better math. percent <laughs> or 22%, something like that. Numbers um, are hard. Yeah, numbers are hard. So they get, you know, each of the three triumvirate gets 26%. So they have the majority stake among the three of them, but no one of them can take full control over the thing. And the party gets the remaining 21% for finding the thing and getting, giving them information about where to find it and having already cleared it out, which is a really good deal. And um, so they said, okay, we'll accept that deal. And they get a 10,000 gold piece finder's fee that will be you know, given to them whenever they can get back to civilization. Because it's not going to be airdropped into the middle of the Isle of Dread. <laughs> uh, and not like they would know what to do with 10,000 gold in the middle of the Isle of Dread anyway. So the rest of the group was kind of mad at Pug Thistleknuckle for not telling him any of this is going on, but they discussed it and said, okay, we agree. So that started the whole chain of events that now the Dragonmarked House probably is sending three giant airships over full of explorers and hunters and things like that. And I have, a, I have an interesting little idea uh, about how to kind of expand this thing. Anyway, so then uh, in my lazy DM fashion, I said, okay, well, next week, I, I said to them, like, what did I do? I said, like, you, uh, um, do you want to head... I said, like, you know, you have options available. And they all made sounds like they wanted to go north to this place called the Temple of the Moon, which is this 10,000-year-old Dakani fortress that has uh, white, the, the, the um, Ky- not Kyber, Kyber? Uh, Sybaris dragon shards, the high, the, the, the high ones, the, the ones. Sky, that, yeah. Yeah, the sky ones. That there's probably some in this ancient temple, uh, but the temple has driven everybody, you know, crazy that has gone there. So they're, they're like, wow, that temple is really interesting. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, I'm thinking temple. But, you know, I didn't do anything because I know that, you know, I'm trying to eat my own dog food and, and not, not plan too much. Um, so I wrote little notes down about, like, what might happen. Like, I don't know. There might be orc, ogres in the mountains, and they might run into some crazy Neanderthal scribe, you know, scribblings on the walls as they get closer to the temple and stuff like that. But I didn't really have anything else, and which was good because then the next week I said, okay, you have these options. Where are you going to go? And they said, ah, we changed our mind. We want to go. Uh, figure out where these sla- what the, what's going on with these slavers. <laughs> wasn't that so they, the, wasn't that the original campaign? Yes, which is the original. That they ignored for like most they, of the campaign. They ignored it for like a whole you know for a long time. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'm like, hey, cool, no problem. So then they started heading west instead of north. They literally took a 90 degree turn and uh, headed west and uh, fought. I don't know monsters. Um, <laughs> what did they fight? Uh, I don't even remember. It didn't matter. Like I didn't plan anything. It was, it was all random. Filler. Oh, they, they found, they, they, uh, there's like little Ewoki type people. Uh, oh, I don't know who nice. they are, but with the big eyes, right? Um, and they were fighting a bunch of Neanderthals and they kind of didn't know which group to 
fight with, but they eventually said, well, like, you know, one of the guys went over and put a hand on the shoulder of the Neanderthal and the Neanderthal swung at him with an ax and then was immediately shot through the throat by our rogue, you know, and killed. And uh, so they had a big battle there. And then they ended up on the shore and saw the um, uh, the undercity, you know, the, the, the fortress that makes up the uh, 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 slave pits of undercity fortress mm, right, on, right. on a separate island across the across the water and including a ship, you know, a slave ship that's that's currently moored there. So last night's game, they traveled across and they started a very good old school traditional first edition style um uh exploration of the the uh, uh slave pits of undercity and now, i'm using I, can i interrupt you yes did they start from uh the tournament start which was at the secret door at the side of the fortress funny enough i gave so what i did is i drew out the overarching you know the outline of the whole fortress and i and sure. i kind of make some stuff up because it didn't quite fit exactly what I described it as. So the nice thing is I just describe it differently. And so I said that it's kind of up high on a cliff that oversees the inner bay near this area. And then when I drew it out, I realized that I drew that secret entrance right at the edge of the cliff. And I was like, well, that's weird. Like, yeah. So then I said that, like, they did some perception checks and some wisdom checks looking around and they found like this crazy steep goat trail leading up the wall that mm. led to entrance and they said oh that's where we want to go so they had a, a, a choice of going like right, right in the front door you know walking around a kind of climbing right. up and going in the front there was the side entrance which is like where the stables were they right. never that. and then uh they saw the sewer entrance uh where kind of the sewage is coming out and kind of being you know and they were like yeah we don't wanna, we don't want to swim and poop um <laughs> squeamish so we want to do the goat trail. And that was fun because they like they there's skeleton guards on the top that saw them. So now the the, the fortress is alerted to their presence. Um, but they made it into the secret door. So they're like they're shooting at skeletons at the top, trying to make sure that they're not alerted. And the thief uh, opens up the door and doesn't check for traps and gets hit by the big spiked, you know, oh, the spike board. Yes. And it almost and the nice thing is the spike board can also throw you off the cliff. Right. Like, <laughs> dex check to not get hurled off of the edge of this cliff and take you know whatever 60 10 falling damage um so they made it inside uh they've fought the ghouls they've been crawling around and and the guy you know the guy's got a piece of graph paper and the, i think the graph paper he's using actually came from a, another player who's not at the game currently that he had when he was like 11 years old oh wow so the actual physical paper he's using is like paper that they used to map D games back in first edition Antique paper. <laughs> He's mapping out the dungeon, you know, block by block. Uh, they fought the ghouls. Uh, they fought. You remember that? There's like the big sun plant thing. The honeydew. Yeah. Well, the I didn't do. Yeah. Uh, I almost made it a roper, uh, but the roper is really powerful in next. Yeah, it is. It's like an eighth level or ninth level. Did they figure out the alcohol thing? No, no, they just. Yeah. Beat the crap out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I turned it into a, uh, an Atiug. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Atiug is pretty cool on paper, but boy, they killed it in seven turns. I mean, you know, it, it got two attacks and then it was dead. Yeah, it can hit hard, but it's it's not really it doesn't it's not real creative. So, yeah, I mean, it can grab people and it can use a person it's grabbed as a shield, mm. but never got to grab anybody. 
Um, so this is where I started to have some mechanical problems with Next, uh, mainly that we had three fighters and two of them had like the, the, the block. I don't even know what it is, right? But it, there's like a block thing that they can use where they can use their expertise dice to mitigate right. damage. And they were just doing that the whole time and mitigating like 13 or 14 points of damage off a hit, which is pretty much the entire hit. Um, wow. So, yeah, they, they, they were very defensive. And so that like the strikers were a fighter and a rogue, and they were hitting really hard. And then two defender fighters that were mitigating, you know, they were up front taking all the damage and just, and just ignoring most of it. So I don't think the math is all working out quite right yet. I, I think like attack scores and AC are great. But damage is all over the place. Like monster damage for a, you know, a level six is one d eight plus four, which isn't terrible. Except that they can roll three d six to mitigate it. Um. So that. Oh they, yeah, because that's right. It's like a d six per level, isn't it? Or it doesn't raise by level, but it goes up higher as you as your higher level. You already have three d six, and you know yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm, I mean, I'm sure when uh, when Cordell and Schwab hear your your com- concerns on the episode that they'll go out rush out and fix it right away. Send playtest feedback today, saying yo, and I'm sure like I'm guessing they're doing a lot of things on the player side and a lot of things on the monster side, and they're not exactly getting perfectly coordinated before the whole thing goes out. <laughs> but you know, anyway, I mean, I have one new member of my group uh, who's actually a friend of Enrique, the newbie DM. Uh-huh. Um, he knows him from when he was in Miami and now he lives here in DC and he was in my fourth edition group for like 24 levels uh, and then quit for a while. And now he's back and he was really fed up with four and he is really loving this. Good. It's it really, I mean, and I'm loving it too. Even, even with all this nonsense aside, you know, with math, math problems aside, um, it really feels like D and I mean, not that four E didn't feel like D and D, but four E felt like something else. And this is just like, you know, you can go wherever you want and a room full of ghouls is fun and, you know, things are moving quick. And uh, uh, although some of that freedom is also also comes from your lazy DM style, too. So, I mean, yeah, that could have an angle on it, too. Right. And yeah, so I've I um, yeah, I, 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 I prepped. I think the only real prep I did for this is I wrote a three by five note card with stuff I never even used. And I uh, read the module, and that was pretty much all I did. You know, like people came in, and there wasn't even anything on my table. Like I was like, "Oh, I guess I got to get the initiative cards out." Um, so that was pretty neat. Um, one thing that I've been well, so let me throw a problem at you guys and okay. see what you think about this. There is one player who's not really crazy about next, and that player is my is who my wife Michelle. Okay, so it's a very important player. You're right. You can't. And, you can't just tell her to go find a new group. Oh God, <laughs> find a group. We we tried it, and she's she's the only one. Like everybody else that's in the group is kind of like they're they're pretty much like, hey, you know, four E was fun and we liked it, but we're really liking D and D next. And I think her, you know, the, there's there's still the idea that there isn't quite a lot with the PCs like there was with fourth edition characters, and I think she's also feeling something that I'm starting to feel. Which is we've now been playtesting for not quite a year, but mm-hmm. getting pretty close. You know, it'll be like it's certainly been nine months we've been playtesting D and D next. Uh-huh. It's changing so often between playtests that we don't really feel like we're playing a, a solid edition. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, the numbers are moving all over, and we're retroactively changing PCs based on whatever the new playtest comes out. And it's hard to play like that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, it's funny because that's that's actually a, a a familiar problem to me because we play tested a bunch. Uh, you know, we were in the friends and family, and and then we play tested a, a lot when it when the open play test came out, um, and then when we finished, sort of took a break from that and went back to the campaign. And the idea was that we were going to go back and forth and do a little bit of playtesting, a little bit of our normal campaign, a little bit of playtesting, a little bit of the normal campaign. Uh, we did that a couple of times, and then we just ended up, you know, we got towards the end of the normal campaign, and so we just wanted to sort of focus on that for a while. And then when we finished, it was time to go back and, you know, hey, what do we want to do next? Do we want to go back and do some more next stuff or whatever? Most of the group had no interest, you know, because the whole campaign had sort of fallen apart, and they were, you know, things had changed two or three times since then, and it was, still felt really incomplete and whatever. We haven't gone back and played next sense. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out a way to get them back into it because I want to, you know, I haven't playtested it in like two iterations now. Uh, and I want to I want to see it and I want to play it and I want to see what it's like, you know, now that it's it's a couple of iterations d- deep. But I'm not sure how to do it because, you know, they like a little bit longer of a campaign, but it's not really in a, in a place where you can play it for that long, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've I've moved over to the, the short um, mini campaigns. Although this campaign that I'm playing has been longer than a mini camp than, than the mini campaigns I would have liked to do, because I kind of threw Isle of Dread in the middle. Sure. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to end it when they're done with the slave pits. Um, when they're with when they're done with this first adventure, so we only have about two or three sessions left. And then my idea was, if in the current playtest they have the uh, Mud Sorcerer's Tomb high level adventure, mm-hmm. and I was going to have the Mud Sorcerer's Tomb be inside of the mines that the dragon shard uh that the dragon marked house is going to clear and that the player characters will then be mercenaries hired by the dragon marked house to clear out those mines so they can finish the whole rest of the mines and that way the players will say like oh so our other guys are off doing the slave stuff but now we're these like you know like kind of the equivalent of the marines and aliens you know that are sent in to clear out this old you know, sorcerer's tomb that they uncovered and they just need to clear it out. So that okay. So not really into the other campaign, just sort of uh, yeah. focus, move the focus to another group of characters in that story. And I, I have a feeling that most of the group will go for that. And I have, I, I you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to end it and then I'm going to throw a bunch of options of what we can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of Neverwinter and Undermountain, which I've been talking about for a while and never did anything with. Mm-hmm. I bought the full Pathfinder set, so I said, you know, if we want to try a refined RPG that's been around for a long time that we haven't really tried, uh, you know, we could do a, mm-hmm. a campaign in Pathfinder. Yeah, that's something we've been doing a lot of. Is is uh, I've I've been trying to, to you know get other people to, to run some games and whatever, so I can take a break and do some playing, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, as a result, we've been um, actually looking at we've we've played one other system, and we keep looking at and th- talking about trying some other systems as well. So yeah, so one of the things I did over Christmas break. Um, is I bought Apocalypse World and Dungeon World, and um, uh, I got I, I backed 13th Age, so I got the 13th Age beta thing, mm-hmm. and I read through all of those uh, for a bunch of reasons. One was to just get an idea of what you there. I'm here. Is Mike's old problems back? Or did he just, he just you know, he just completely dropped? Yeah, it sounds like he just completely dropped. Yeah, he did. He's, he's trying to reconnect. Oh, no. We better start talking. Otherwise, I'm going to have to edit out the awkward pauses. <laughs> <laughs> so we dropped Mike. 
Uh, yeah. And while we wait for Mike to come back, let me mention uh, we don't have we're, not, we're between sponsors at the moment. Uh, but you can always help out the show by visiting the Tomes Amazon store, and I'll have links in the show notes. And if you buy anything on Amazon at all, but you got to Amazon through my link, uh, the show gets something like you know, 4% or whatever. So go and you know buy your new latest vacuum or whatever novels you're reading or CDs or movies or, or whatever. But uh, um, you know every little bit helps the show. So there's that. Do we still have Randall? I'm here. I know we've completely dropped Mike at this point, but uh, we will we will go ahead and uh, figure that uh, Mike must have been done and let Randall talk. Oh wait, he's got. Oh oh oh! I, I thought I thought PCs didn't do blue screens of death anymore. I thought that was from like 1980. <laughs> <laughs> do, do we still? Because I haven't touched like a PC in like three years. Is this still going on? Uh, don't I ask me. I own a Mac. Done? screens and bang i just got a big blue screen wow awesome feel honest to god like core dump well we're we're still on and we're still recording and we just went to the ad while you were gone so oh great can i keep talking i'll give you another minute or two awesome i let me just i want to just talk about some of the things i found from these other game systems that i liked so i did where did i end so i you know i've been reading pathfinders that you're yeah i picked up pathfinder and then i i also picked up the um dungeon world apocalypse world and 13th age and read through those and i really like those systems and i i don't know how i'm going to get around to playing them all mm-hmm. or if i'll play them all um but i'm thinking of running like one shot games or, or three shot games or something on the weekends to try some of these systems out particularly dungeon world which looks really cool um but one of the things i really like in dungeon world is the whole concept of the front have you guys read these systems at all or know anything about these systems no very no, I, i've i have never i've not read any of them but i've played a little bit of 13th age Okay, yeah, so Dungeon World and Apocalypse World are very uh, story-focused, um, you know, story-focused RPGs. Uh, the DM never rolls dice. The players always roll dice. Weird. And everything that happens is a success or failure on a PC roll. So whether it's offensive or defensive, you're rolling. Hmm. And it's kind of neat. But they're, they're both um, – uh, in software development, they have this concept of called opinionated software, which is stuff like Ruby on Rails, where – the way they design the programming language is makes assumptions about the kind of people who use it. You know, they, the, you know, they're, they're, you know, they say like, there's lots of different ways to program, but ours is the way for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that like dungeon world and apocalypse world are written to say, you know, this is how we expect you to use it. We do not expect you to do a lot of prep. And what I like about them is they fit the lazy DM style very well. You know, dungeon world says you do not want to prep your first game at all. You want to go in raw. Um, and then they say, and then you can kind of do some prep after your first session. And one of the things that they do in their preparation is this idea called a front and a front is basically an encapsulation of a major threat. And the threat has, uh, you know, a main motivation. It has, uh, steps that it's walking through to, to achieve it. And it has an impending doom, which means what happens when it ends. And it, it fits very much this, this idea that I really like of, bad guys that are doing things while the rest of the world is moving on. Um, And, and it kind of refined that really well. So one of the things that I've started to do in my game is use the idea of fronts. And actually Mike Merles posted a tweet where he said that he picked up dungeon world and that the idea of fronts have changed how he's playing D and D, which I thought was pretty impressive Mm. for Merles to say that. Uh So um, anyway, yeah, if you, if you, if you have an opportunity to look at, at dungeon world and apocalypse world is like, you know, it's it's so crazy written 
you know, it, it, it makes your head weird after you've read it, but it's, it's worth reading because it's a pretty, pretty wild RPG. Cool. Um, and, and I think there's a lot in there that, that can benefit, you know, lazy dungeon masters and dungeon masters of all sites alike. Awesome. So that's where, that's where my game is. Uh, next week, they're going to continue going through um, Slave Pits of Undercity. And after that, I don't know what. We'll do. Awesome. Uh, then we've already done the ad. So let's, uh, let's toss it to Randall. Yeah, well, it's going to be a pretty short segment for me tonight, guys, because I didn't get the game in December. So, um, yeah, you and, were traveling all all over the place, huh? Uh, did a lot of traveling. There's a lot of stuff going on with family stuff. And, and then getting course, sick. I, yeah, then I got pneumonia, Man. so that really totally was that what rocked. you had? Yep. Yeah, you sort of implied that you weren't feeling very good, and then we—that's why yep. we didn't get together to well while we were both in Kansas. And right, I was—I I came down with it. Uh, well, long story short, I came down with it the day after Christmas on the way back. Ooh. So it was, yeah, it was pretty brutal. So, um, but uh, I, what I will talk about, since I will talk about a little bit, uh, and I can never not say something, <laughs> um, is my plans for DMing throughout the rest of the year, or what I what I hope to do. I don't like to call them resolutions, but they are things that um, I will try to accomplish with my games and what I'm doing. Goals. Uh, goals, yes, if you will. Uh, one goal is to finish up the 4E campaign this year. Don't know what level they will get at. I'm trying to make that not be as important to them. Sure. I'd like them to at least reach an epic level, but it may not be 30th. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So that's, you know, I hope to finish out the game by the end of the year. That's 12 sessions, assuming we play every month. And so that will take some challenging work, but I may be, you know, raising them like two levels at a time. Or what level like are they that. now? So, uh, they are 11th now. 11th? Oh, okay. So you got yeah. a little ways to go. Yeah, I, I, I got yeah. to the point towards the end where I, I would think I was leveling them every, sometimes every session, sometimes every other mm-hmm. session. Right. Um, you know, enough that they could play play around at that level and see how it's different than the previous one and then move on to another one. Exactly. So is, is your plan to stick with Riven as the main? Yeah, I'm going to finish up that storyline. So, um, and there may be one other, there may be another adventure after that that's more uh, traditional. Mm-hmm. So, um, if it looks like D and D Next hasn't rolled out yet, and they're still wanting to do a little bit more, I'd be open to that into 2014. But uh-huh. I want to be ready to roll into a 20 uh, into a D and D Next campaign when they do actually launch the game. So, um, I have played D and D next, not this last month, but I, I played it. I'm liking what I'm seeing. It is a style of play. I am more used to, and I enjoy better. Yeah. You talked, and, you talked about it playing with your, your family. Um, right. Yeah. The boys. Yeah. yeah. And, and a neighbor kid actually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they all, they're all fairly new at gaming, but they really enjoyed the time that they had. So, um, the and so the other thing I'm going to be doing in the meantime is also trying to work into some more D and D next and um, having maybe one off games here and there that aren't a big deal to run, uh, but you know get keep my uh, head in the game if you will, uh, um, and then of course uh, I, the final thing is a is of a more aesthetic nature and that's changing where we're playing. We're going to move back upstairs to play in the dining room. And I will be converting my, quote, game room, unquote, that used to be downstairs in the basement into a workshop so that I could start working on terrain stuff more often and do other kinds of things that I'm interested in for that. Does your wife play with you? Uh, yes. 
She okay. plays in the 4E campaign. So taking over the house uh, isn't a, a big deal because she's part of that group as well. Yes, and I don't. And currently I have the advantage because she has far more of the house and horizontal spaces than I do. <laughs> okay. So that's. <laughs> That is not a ba- that's a balance on, in my favor. So yeah, yeah. It's just I know yeah. I know there's always the concern of I'm going to take over the dining room area, which means, you know, for this several hours a week, there's nothing else you you can do it really in the house because I'm in the central spot, <laughs> you know. Right, and that's but that works okay, and and we're used to using the dining room. Is never we've never been unfor- we, for good or bad. We've never been a family that takes all of our meals at the dining room table. Sure. In fact, we rarely have, and so the dining room table gets used for other things. And um, so pushing stuff aside for an afternoon to play D&D is not a big deal. Okay, cool. So more limiting on space. I don't have a huge giant table, but, um, you know, my maps are modular anyway. So, you know, it's basically flip one off and throw another one on. So um, it's not a huge deal as far as, or as far as that part goes. So, But those are really the things that uh, – those uh, they're pretty simple goals. I have other things I want to try to do this year, and, you know, I can't be DMing, you know, 100, you know – Hours a year, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I hear but, you. Uh, When's your next session scheduled? Um, should be uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. Okay, right on. Yeah. That's that. That'll so. be when my next session is too. Yeah, and so there should be something to talk about in February. I'm also hoping that what might happen is that I might have to come to terms with some players. And, you know, are you going to play or not? If not, then just drop out. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, and um, and because there are a few that do want to constantly come and I can make it happen with fewer players. It's okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll just work it that way. So, but that's, what's going on with me. And you Brief, can, always, uh, and you can always go recruiting and, and find some new ones, new players too. So this late in a four E campaign, I don't really want to do that, yeah. but, um, especially in my area, I, I don't have a, I don't have a large pool of people I can pull, okay. um, for, for uh, gaming, unfortunately. Um, and so, yeah, it is what it is. But I'm much better at grabbing newer players and putting them together and bringing them through a game that way. Teaching but them a game. Teaching them a game and then having them grow into it. Sure. Such, which is what the plan is for D&D Next. So. Right. Awesome. Yeah. What it, I really like the idea of gaming resolutions. Jeff, do you have any gaming resolutions? No. I'm a big self-help junkie, so anytime I hear I things know, like gaming resolutions, are, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> not that not warm. not that I can think of other than um I want to play some more next because it's been so long since I've done it. I want to play some more next. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into some of that when I get to my thing cuz that I have three things to talk about and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. But that's about all I have for gaming resolutions. I want to get published. Mm-hmm. Crossing my fingers, my deadline is Sunday. Good. I finished Are you, I fin- on track. I finished the article actually 2 days ago, but I'm letting it sit for a couple of days and I'm going to come back and that's look at idea. it again. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Do you have someone else read it? No, I have not had anybody else read it. Maybe I'll send it to you. No, I'm, I'm busy. Uh, you owe me. <laughs> I'll read it. How long is it? Is I read, it a big one? No, it's 3,000 words. Oh, yeah, I'll read it. When do you need it? Sunday? Yeah, i got to have it turned in by Sunday. You can get it to me soon. I, I'll read it, yeah. I'll try to see what I can do. Anyway, are we done with Randall? Yep. I All think right. we are. Good. I want to mention <laughs> one other opportunity people have to support the show. Um you may or may not have heard as of like what two days ago or something uh d and d has or Wizards of the Coast I should say has released a, something like a hundred or more d and d novels through audible uh, and so I went and signed up for an audible affiliate account like much like I do Amazon. I imagine it's going to be very similar since they're since audible's owned by Amazon 
Um, so if, if people are interested in look, checking out Audible, uh, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I will have an affiliate link in the show notes and you can go buy some audiobooks and help out the show as well. And they even have a free account uh, where you can try out Audible for a month and get a free book. And if you do, if you do that and you do it through my, my link, I still make some money. You know, not a ton, but but enough to you know help pay for the equipment and pay for the hosting and things that that make this show possible. So there we go, another sort of ad, even though we don't have any advertisers at the moment. <laughs> and now it's my turn. It is. So speak. So I have DM'd I think one session since the last time we met, but I played in a session too. So there's a few things we can talk about. We can talk about. Um, my last DMing experience, we can talk about the uh, the playing experience I had, and we can talk about what I want to do in the future, which is kind of what I was hinting at before with next stuff. So what do you want to start? Uh, I'd like to hear about Gardmore. All right. We finished it, and it was a it, – it, it was a, not an awesome ending. <laughs> really? Well, I wanted to have this big conclusion, right? And so they had this one more thing they needed to do in the Abbey. Uh mm-hmm. I forget what. Oh yeah, they were gonna go in a. Um, they were basically they set it up as um, the orcs won. They took over the the watchtower and, and the orcs were were entrenched and they weren't going anywhere. But they wanted to hurt them one more time, so or at least a little bit, blacken their eye a little bit. So it was gonna it was an, basically an assassination on the chief, huh. uh, which I needed them to do anyway. Otherwise, they didn't get all the cards because he has some of the cards. Mm-hmm. And so they had this assassination on the on the chief, and so Barian. Um, Velferin, who's who was the the Eladrin leader, right? Right. Uh, but also in my campaign, the secret collector. Uh, and based on that, I also decided he, that he hired the the Gray Blades, the the other adventuring group. Mm-hmm. So they were they were everybody was kind of working for Barian, although they didn't all know it. Uh, and so he sort of provided a distraction so that the party could get inside uh, to get the chief, and then he was going to meet him out on the road. Mm-hmm. And so they killed off the chief. Uh, they got away, um, and then they met Barian out on the road. And surprise, surprise, Barian's there, and his his archers come out from the tree line, and the gray blades are there, and ha ha ha, turn over all your cards. Hmm. Um, which meant that you had this sort of final encounter with Barian and the Eladrin, and you had the final encounter with the gray blades together. You kind of had two encounters in one. Hmm. So. The party managed to kill Barian, um, and managed to kill the um, the leader of the Greyblades, who was going to uh, Barian. Of course, was going to do all kinds of horrible things with the, the cards. He was going to sever the connection between the the Prime Material and the Feywild. Mm-hmm. Um, so they killed him. So he wasn't going to be able to do horrible, horrible things with the cards. Um, they killed a bunch of the leaders of the a bunch of the main people in the Greyblades. Uh, but ultimately, um, it got down to there were only two PCs still standing, and they were in bad shape, and they they ran for it. Oh really? And none of them had any of the cards. <laughs> so so the wizard in the in the Greyblades ended up with the deck. You know? Oh really? So, so they, they that's they, interesting, right? So they successfully stopped Barian from doing horrible things. But this wizard from the Greyblades is now going to be some sort of major NPC in the region because yeah. she's got this major artifact and, and and it doesn't have any hugely nefarious purposes oh, for it that's and, great. and she and she's she's unaligned and, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, not she's, for long, right? Well, one way or the other, right? You know, 
because <laughs> she's got all this power behind her now. So, right. so and that was sort of the end of the campaign. Almost oh, man. All, all but two people died. And those two people got away, you know, so they, in, they stopped the horrible thing from happening to the world. They, they, they avoided the apocalypse, but it was also a bit of a tragedy, you know, <laughs> this wasn't yeah. a victory. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, they didn't feel like their part of it was perfect. Right. Yeah. They, I mean, they felt okay about it and, and we made the point, you know, that's okay. I mean, it was a challenge and it was hard and they lost, um, you know, they saved the world, but they lost, you know, their lives in most cases. Yeah. Um, you know, it, so it wasn't a victory, and it, but it wasn't a loss and, and, they, they, several of them anyway, sort of took the idea that, you know, these kinds of things make it, make it, make us better appreciate the times that we do win. That we are victorious, <laughs> you know? That's a, uh, it's a hard you, reality. Well, cause, cause you know, <laughs> it made, it made it very clear. I'm not backing down when things yeah. are hard and, you know, I'm not going to fudge the dice so you can win cause that's a better story. Yeah. Not necessarily though. I think, I think, I mean, you know, there's a lot of options now cause you could say like, well, 10 years later, you know, and then yeah. you have the whole world after she's had the deck for 10 years. And we could come back and, to that, but I, you know, I currently don't have any plans for it. I was planning on just sort of wrapping it up there and moving on, but, sure. you're, but you're right. But I, you, could, you, I could you come could, back. You could just save it and a year later you could come back to it. Well, what's interestingly actually takes Write some me, flash fiction takes me to my, um, to my third idea. Now that you got, now you got my brain boiling on this. Um, because the uh, third thing I was going to talk about was the idea of, of trying to sell my players on trying next again. Because I mentioned mm-hmm. when you were doing your segment that it's been a long time since we played and they were kind of turned off to the idea because we tried kind of doing this little campaign with it. But things changed so much and um, it was so unfinished and it just never really picked up the flow that we wanted. We were all very gung-ho and interested in, in the setting that we created together and the story that was developing. And then it was just sort of petered out. Uh, and now a lot of them are hesitant to get up and try it again. Mm-hmm. But now you've got, got me chomping on this idea um, that maybe I will – because one of the ideas I had was taking the return to the Temple of Elemental Evil mm-hmm. and converting it and doing it as a next campaign. Right. But it's a decently long campaign. Yeah. You know? um, it's not super short, but then, you know, then again – Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> um, but now I'm starting to think, I wonder if there's not some way I could put that in the same setting, which was just the Nintir Veil. But, yeah. but put it in the Nintir Veil and have, you know, instead of whoever, I forget now, whoever it is that's in charge, you know, that's doing all the horrible things inside mm-hmm. um, the Temple of Elemental Evil, maybe it's this woman from the Greyblades with the mm-hmm. deck of many things, you know, and maybe that's sort of um, the connection. Kinda, yeah. She yeah, went, the hard she part went, is switching systems, but one of the neat things might be that, you know, if you have it significantly ahead of time, you know, significantly far in the future. Right. It could have just changed the reality of things, you right. know, like the magic and whimsy and heroism that was once the Mentir Veil back and forth edition is now a darker, more brutal reality of D&D Next. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's what I was kind of thinking is that, you know, yeah. she she has, um, you know, the deck, you know, drove her a little nutty and, and she's turned to the worship of Thera's done and um, – and and has ultimately tried brought Thera's done closer to to escaping, and that has fundamentally changed the nature of reality. Right, you know. So that 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 might work. I might pitch that and see what they think. Yeah, cool. That sounds good. Any other ideas on, on how to sell them on it though? Because they are a little hesitant to get into it after having switched <sighs> off and on so much. Well, you, you might oh, you might ahead. try. Sorry, um, you might try one of the existing. Uh, smaller adventures rather than kind of committing them to this to uh, such a large campaign mm-hmm. you you might like what if you tried out you know randall's favorite the uh, uh village of homlet yeah and, and just do village of homlet 
Well, and and, return- and then see how they feel about it. And if they want to keep going, then you can keep going because Village of Hamlet leads right into Temple of right. Elemental Retur- Evil. And Return to the Temple uh, of Elemental Evil um, actually starts in Hamlet. Yeah, does it have that same kind of? Could you do a smaller focused th- adventure th- sale? Like we're going to do three, you know, do the puppy dog sale, right? Yeah, we're I just th- going to do three adventures. Yeah, I think I it's not going to be a year long campaign. It's just three adventures. Right. Yeah, I can. Or, and or if at they least, like or, it, you keep going. They don't. Or at least switch. pitch pitch them on the idea that hey, we're going to do this this short little thing at Hamlet, and then if you're interested in going beyond it, it has the option for that, or we cannot, you know, do whatever you guys want to do. Yeah. So we could, if, you know, the story could be rich enough by adding in this whole you know woman with the deck of many things and this kind of sinister. You know, the the world's a lot darker now, you know, mm-hmm. like the sky is blood red instead of blue because she's been doing stuff with the deck. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I, th- I like this this idea now. I, I think this is going in interesting places. I don't want to I don't want well, to touch the Isle of Dread, although I had an idea for it. And I don't want uh, because uh, one of my other players who's interested in possibly running uh, is talked about. He's got a take on it and, and might want to run that. Mm-hmm. And we've and I think we're all sick of the kids of chaos. <laughs> so, one of the things I was going to yeah. say, Jeff, was that, I mean, the fact that your players, were they more disappointed in the way the story was developing or were they disappointed in the mechanics of the game? Um, I think there if it w- was the story, then, yeah, if you change up the story, you'll be good to go. But if it was the game itself, then you're going to have to be – it's going to be a harder sell because they're right. going to say, well, there were certain things about the rules themselves that we didn't like. No, I think there's. I think it's a combination of both. I think what had happened is they were really gung ho about the story, and then it just sort of it, it turned into the caves of chaos, right? And and the yeah. idea was we were going to do the caves of chaos, and then I was going to branch it off. You know, that was going to be the entry point, and then from there we we're going to get into all these storylines that they had developed for their characters and these backgrounds and things. And it just never got there, um, and it just sort of petered out in the middle of that. And so the story that they that they were all excited about and the, the setting that we actually created together as a as a group. Um, just sort of never went anywhere and never happened. Right. Um, so I think that they were, there was a little bit of disappointment in that, but I also think there was some frustration in, in the rules because things did change a lot, you know, and they didn't feel like there was enough support there for doing the, the yeah. kinds of things they wanted. Now, right. this was, again, two or three iterations back. So I feel like now, um, you know, things are a little bit more mature. You know, clearly still a play test, but a little bit more mature. So the same sort of stuff that Mike, though, I think your group was a little frustrated with. Mm-hmm. The thing's changing a little overly much. So. Well, like like I said, I'm, I'm, it's actually Michelle and I are the ones that are more frustrated with that. The rest of the group is kind of like, hey, we're having a good time. Okay, good. <clears throat> but yeah, so I think there, some of them are just frustrated. And I think some of them would be interested in it. At the same time, I think um, some of them are interested in, in going out and trying some, some completely different systems as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, I got a guy who wants to do um, – in fact, Andy uh, Meyer who's on the book club regularly – uh, is one of my players and he wants to, to run, I think some star Wars saga edition. Uh, he wants to do some, some dragon age and some, uh, 13th age. Uh, we got one guy who, uh, <clears throat> wants to, and want, and want, or I should say wanted to run some iron kingdoms. And actually that's what we ran at the, at our, at our last session. Uh, and I got to sit back and, and be a player and, and play some iron kingdoms. Um, and the party really enjoyed it and are talking about, you know, well, Hey, don't throw those characters away. We might want to come back to this later. So, um, you know, it, it was enough that these two little one shots that we did hooked people enough that, that a lot of them want to come back and play some more iron kingdoms as well. So Hmm. cool. I don't know if you're familiar with iron kingdoms. I know the name. I've not, I've never played it. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it privateer press? Is that right? Um, does war machine. Right, and so there's it's it's a miniatures game, War, War Machine. That's yeah, that's not helping me. Okay, well it's 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 fantasy, but um, with a little bit of it's not 
um, steampunk. It's well after that, sort of chronologically. You know, imagine a world that had steampunk and then move it into the industrial age. Mm. Uh, and so it's sort of World War One, World War Two analogous. Um, in a lot of ways, and you know, there's Warforge-like things running around, but it's early enough that they're not really playable races, but you can actually have one as sort of your robot to order around. <clears throat> um, so it's a, it's a lot of those sorts of things going on. Hmm. And it's a, it's a D6-based system. You can basically play the entire game with only two D6. Hmm. Like um, Traveler. <laughs> okay. I believe you. But yeah, no, we had a lot of fun. It was, it, it, things moved quickly and, and it was, it, you know, we, I mean, it was fun and we had a good time. Um, I, I made a, a dwarven tinkerer sort of character who, who had a big robot and he liked to play with, play with the big robot and whatever. And so uh, that was my, my guy. I'd run around and tell my monster, my, my um, they're, they're called War Jacks, uh, mm-hmm. J- Jacks for short. So I'm, I named mine Jill. <laughs> oh, listen to that. Um, so no, and so playing was also a lot of fun. I, I enjoy sitting back and playing every now and then. Um, I actually was hoping to play a little bit longer, but we, we've got some stuff where we're running this next session that means I have to play. So, or I have to run. I have to DM next time because nobody else wanted to take it up. So, <laughs> I got to get back behind the DM screen, and then I'll take another break for another couple of sessions. I think. Hmm. But that's what I've been doing. Finished off Gardmore with a little bit of a whimper. Um, played some Iron Kingdoms, and now I'm trying to sell my players on trying out some next. And I think um, I had a bunch of ideas on how to do it, but I think uh, maybe my my thrust is going to be on Return to the Temple of Elemental Evil. Mm-hmm. As, Are you going to go with that regardless of what system you choose? No. No. Um, if I were to pitch some other things to my group, I have some other ideas. Uh, we talked about doing 4th um, Edition Eberron as well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I would, to, if I did that I think I would convert uh, Eyes of the Lich Queen which was a third edition module right and you run it as fourth uh, if only because I ran or I, pl- I was at a game where I was a player and I played in the first like chapter of the three chapters of that book of that of that adventure and never saw the end of it never saw where it went <laughs> so I kind of want to see where it goes mm. um, so I might pitch that at some point too but I think I want to focus on next because I really want I want to play some next before right. we, we go back to 4E. <laughs> right. So Makes sense. But that's where I'm at. Plan. Cool. All right. Well, that was like the shortest episode ever. We're 46 and, and change into it. Wow. Even with uh, Mike's drop in there, which, some of which I might have to go in and edit. Uh, Did I drop? Well, your computer crashed. Oh, yeah. The blue screen. <laughs> and we sat here dumbfoundedly for a while waiting to see what, what, if you were going to make noise, <laughs> yeah. and then you didn't. It, really, it wasn't really that long. About 30 seconds in, then, then Jeff decided, let's do the ads. So. Yeah, that's good. But hey, can I, can I pitch something? <sighs> Is it one of your, your no, silly books? No, it's for a friend. It's for okay. two friends. All right. Pitch your something. Uh, Dave Chalker and uh, Phil Menard, uh, the chatty DM, and Dave the Game Chalker I know uh, just guys. announced a new Kickstarter for Cortex Plus, the, the Cortex Plus Hacker's Guide which is a hacker's guide for using the system that they used for um, Marvel RPG uh, in general settings. Uh, it's available on Kickstarter if you search for Cortex Plus Hacker's Guide. Right on. And uh, it looks pretty cool, and, and they're both great guys. So they, they it's are worth both, paying attention to. They are both to. really awesome guys. Uh, ten, and, yeah. ten bucks gets you the PDF. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, and Cortex is the it's the Margaret Weiss Productions system. It's what they've built yep. most of their systems on, right? Um, Smallville and Leverage and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Firefly or yep. whatever, what Serenity or whatever they call ended up calling it. Yeah, it's a um, big dice pool game. 
Yeah, so it's a it's a mature system that's very versatile. So I'm, I'll I'll be curious to see where that goes and what they do with it. Yep. Cool. Anything else? We got a few minutes. If Randall wants to pitch anything, I'm or, good to go. All right. Uh, you could pitch my book if you wanted. <laughs> you know the you, one that's the at, lazy. The, 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 the one at slyflourish.com slash lazy. Talk about that if you yeah, wanted. I haven't re- I haven't read it yet, Mike. You haven't. No. You're in it. I know I am, but I haven't read it yet. <laughs> is this uh did you say slyflourish.com slash lazy or lazy dm lazy dm lazy dm i think you got to set up both let me make sure <laughs> set up slyflourish.com slash lazy too. reason why i didn't do lazy i have some redirecting issue i don't oh. think what what happens if you do lazy yeah you get a not found so don't do that um right, lazy dm slyflourish.com slash lazy dm that is correct yeah. For, for a fantastic book that features both myself and Randall. Yep. That's right. In fact, I believe I get thanked twice. Yeah, you're all through it. As I quote an, you and stuff. It's as crazy. An, as an interviewee <laughs> and because of my interview. Although, I will note in the interview section, yes. no link to the Tome Show. There's a link to it, the Tome Show. It, it's mentioned. No link. Oh, uh, you're going to have to make me look. <laughs> Tracy is linked. Uh, her, it's a her... book that you can't click on the link in a book anyway. Maybe. No, it's, it's full of links. It's yeah. packed with links. It is. No, that's okay. I don't mind. I expect people that use, I expect people are using the PDF. I, I noticed it almost immediately and it didn't say anything. I, I, I don't mind. It's because it, the Tome Show is also mentioned throughout. So be it's... fixed. It will be fixed in the next run. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.